0: For Matthew Hoppy and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish. I mean, run meanwhile here looks for Hoppy again. Oh my words! You cannot wait this kind of script. Blau und Weiss, ein Leben lang. Hello, meine Leute. Willkommen zu das einzige Schalke Podcast. Alf English, that's right, folks. Officially, Awards, only English language Shalka podcast. This is Shalca America. I am not Richard Carmen. My name is Jack Mangi, and Richard Carmen picked up a knock just the other day, trying to get him back to to match fitness. Hopefully, he's able to uh, recover by the time we are ready to talk about the upcoming match with Bayern this weekend. But in his absence, I have brought on a very specific guest, and I've done that for this reason. The last time we had a podcast, Matthew Hoppy had just scored a hat trick he was very much a one-hit wonder at that point and we were wondering is it sustainable can it happen again right that's what that's what the conversation was but then he goes out in the in, in the next match scores scores again today 3 in a row the happening is well and truly upon us and so i bring in a man now who's uh, whose record of, of fervent enthusiasm for americans at shalka is storied and unimpeachable uh will be known to some of you in the shalka twitterverse it is Ethan at Tedesco time. Welcome to the program. Your second cap.
1: Yeah, it's been, been a while since the last one.
0: How are things going for you down in uh, the American South?
1: Uh, it's good. It's good. It's getting, you know, we're a little bit better off weather-wise than you guys up there. That is, uh, yeah,
0: that is that is certainly true. Very much in uh, the depth of January. Chicago winter is pretty nasty. Not fun at all. All. So before we get into uh, the Frankfurt game briefly and then talk about Cologne and some other things, Matthew happy real quick, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it because you're here. But, okay, what what is your opinion on what we've seen from this young man so far? Scored in three consecutive. Do you still think it's entirely fluky? Do you, do you like some of the things you're seeing from him? What's your appraisal of him as a player at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you can tell that, like, some of his movement's pretty good. I like I like the way he moves off the ball most of the time. Uh, I think his link-up plays a little bit. It's a little bit short of where you'd want it to be. Um, It seems like he's more like that poacher type that you're looking for. But uh, you know, I think honestly, it's just like a little bit of confidence, and that's what we don't have in the rest of the squad. So you know, if you got one player who has a little bit of confidence coming off of a couple of good games, they're gonna they're just gonna perform way better than everyone else. They're gonna stand out.
0: Do you think that confidence is a product of the fact that uh, he was only fairly recently introduced to the entire first team environment and atmosphere, which very well may be healthier than than it is, you know, at the Kanapish Muta level? Something I like about young players sometimes, especially strikers, is it it seems as though they don't they don't have as many bad habits like they come in and they just they're very single minded. They they tend to think they don't like think themselves out of situations. They just act a little bit more. Certainly seems like that's been happening um, with him so far. Do you mean, do you think that's a contributing factor at all?
1: I mean, it could be, but more or less, I, I think you know you got in there, and for young players especially, coaches don't really want to like push the envelope too much, so they'll just sort of, you know, loosely say what they want from them. So I feel like, you know, the less instructions you give, maybe sort of eases the expectations. You know, you come in. You, I know you've been on the Katushu train for for way too long. Uh, so, way
0: too long. Oh no.
1: So, uh, <laughs> but you know. I feel like Cattuccio, we kind of expect a lot more from uh, from him than maybe Hoppe when he comes in and Hoppe does something like this. We're all like completely gassed about it. But for Cattuccio, it's sort of been like that slow introduction into the first team where he like gets that gets the like expectations layered on him. Maybe
0: I do want to take a moment because the chat is blowing up. Uh, it seems as we have attracted some uh, some some perhaps viewers we don't typically attract because of our steam guest today. Look at this. Is that the Tedesco time? Of course, famous Renee here. Look at this cutie, the elusive yeah. East. I mean, I mean, I mean, the fan club is well and truly popping off at the moment. Love that. Hey, everybody in the chat, thanks for listening and contributing. Send your questions at any point if you want us to address something that you'd like us to talk about. But let's move on for the moment um, to uh, the game immediately following when we ended that winless streak. We went over and played uh, Frankfurt. Um, on the road frankfurt maybe not reaching the heights this season that they have in in recent seasons at times but certainly a capable a capable squad kind of mid-table at the moment um let's get into the lineups for that one it it was very much still kind of the same i I think we had the same system like three weeks in a row now almost the same team selection too yeah Uh, um, i think
1: the only change was Rotman in for Shep for frankfurt i think that was the one change
0: yeah, so Ralph Fairman and goal back four of Zayac Kolasinic, Saasic, Ozan Kabak, Timo Becker at right back once again. Uh, Amina Harid out left, Suwet Saradar, Benjamin Stambuli central, Benito Raman out right, and then uh, Matthew Hoppe and Mark Ute up top. Um, what what have you been making of Timo Becker's time at right back recently? We had seen, um, you know, Kylian Ludwig earlier in the season, followed by Stambuli sliding over there, which I was like kind of okay with at times. Um, and now he's moved back into the middle under Christian Gross. We've been seeing Timo Becker get back in the squad. What have you made of him?
1: I mean, I feel like this is sort of a backhanded compliment, but for Becker, like the less you notice him sort of the better, you know, if I'm not noticing him doing anything in particular, it sort of feels a little bit safer. I mean, with Ludovic, when he was in the squad, you kind of, there had one or two moments every game where you'd be like, oh, there goes Ludovic again, you know, and not nothing of his fault, of course, but, you know, I feel like he got thrown into a very difficult situation. But with Becker, I mean, he's sort of, he's just there. I, I and that's the most I can say about him. You know, I don't think he's doing bad. I don't think he's doing well. But you know, average is is very, I guess, a positive thing right now with with Schalke's current form. Yeah,
0: I feel like that's very much been. I don't want to speak for Richard, but I feel like that's kind of been our take so far as well. Which is especially in a season where the defense is is struggling as much as it is in this one. If you have a guy that comes in and just doesn't really get noticed. That's probably a good thing because more often than not, they're getting noticed for the wrong reasons, which is, you know, various individual mistakes, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I would agree. I think he's been steady. I think uh, he doesn't offer the most going forward i haven't been you know that thrilled with his i actually think killian ludwig's service sometimes from distance on crosses was halfway decent i haven't looked at the stats maybe you have a different opinion on that but i feel like timo becker struggled there a little bit um but luckily we have you know zay kolasinic now coming in on the left hand side that's helping us get some of that width from that position although on the other side of the field um this match against frankfurt they came out and they looked like they just ran at us immediately like wasted no time. We're going to sprint at you. We're going to put you under pressure, try to make something happen early on. First, especially 15 minutes of this one, we're just, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't concede even that early. Um, Started to regain a little bit of a foothold. And then uh, there's a series of, of, of set pieces and corners where we're just really struggling to actually clear the ball. And, and you felt like, God, if we keep giving these them, you know, one of these is going to go in eventually. Finally, and I forget what minutes this was, maybe around the 28th minute, uh, corner comes in, Ralph Fairman comes out, is unable to to grab it and really deal with it and uh, sort of punches it out to the side. Um, I forget who plays the ball in, but ball off to, to the back post. No one picks him up. Headed to Benjamin Stumble, who is marking the near post and somehow gets caught, like, flat-footed or, like, with his weight shifted back and, is, and fails to clear the ball, even though he, like, kind of makes contact with it. Uh, one nil, just the most typical Schalke goal you can possibly concede based on everything that's been going on this season. What were your thoughts uh, on this one and then, you know, the match at that moment in time?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, wait, that was the Cone game. That was the one we just saw, unfortunately.
0: Shows what I know. Yeah, so there you go. I'm already forgetting what I'm talking about. The goal I was actually thinking of the initial, the first Frankfurt. Yeah, let, let's go back to that one in about like 20 minutes. Maybe you can see the hosting duties already kicking off. Well, the goal I was actually thinking of, uh, the first Frankfurt goal, uh, Kabak. Yeah, right. Yeah. Really poor defending in the center. Um, just gets. Totally sent the wrong way, loses man. Not the kind of goal that you would you would hope to see conceded from from a guy that is being linked to Liverpool, is being linked to big clubs in terms of a potential, uh, potential summer transfer. Um, so let's let's ask this question then: What have you made of his performances recently, and what did you make of, of that goal specifically?
1: Yeah, I mean, Kabak probably since since he had the ban for five matches, I feel like he's come in and it's sort of like I guess the ban sort of you know layered on another layer of pressure because it it seemed like. You know at the start of the season before that it, it was kind of shaky i mean the whole defense was shaky but i mean after that it's sort of i it just seems like sometimes he's completely lost it like i i just, like moments and lapse of concentration that you didn't used to see last year and uh, you know it, it's concerning for sure
0: yeah i mean played re- really well for for Stuttgart despite their their relegation and then you know his, his first season under shock i think was very good uh and yeah like you said it just it's, it's frustrating because I think both Salif Sine, who who hopefully is back to match fitness shortly, I forget exactly what the state of his injury is, but both him and Ozan Kabak, you look at those two guys specifically and you're like, that should be a great center back pairing. Or, or at least at least a solid, you know, maybe above, like at least above average for the Bundesliga level. And it just hasn't been that enough. And I mean, Nastas has been in there a lot, Stambulia at times this season as well. So there's a lot of like changing center back pairings um, and, and partnerships. But it just seems like neither of them are working. And, and the guy that's been pretty consistent and constant in there is Kalbach, And he hasn't been living up to it either. Uh, I thought Schalke responded well to this goal. Um, Well, obviously, because we scored scored a minute later. But I I thought like, you know, the play after that as well, like we we got right back on the front uh, front, front, tied it up. Uh, So one minute after this goal uh, goes in, uh, I believe it's a throw in um, that is lofted over the top. And
1: uh, yeah, it was back to Stempoli and Stempoli chipped it forward. Yeah,
0: there you go. Uh, Chipped over the top. Um, I I believe the defender thought the keeper was going to come for it. And the keeper thought the same thing of the defender. Uh, should have gotten nowhere near Matthew Hoppy on that play, but he makes he, he you know he makes the effort, tracks it down, and ultimately uh, hits it in the exit keeper one uh, one his second consecutive game uh, with a goal. Uh, <laughs> what a play that was, Ethan. You know, uh, I guess
1: fortune favors the bold. Uh, you know, he kept you know pushing the back line sort of uh force i guess you could say he forced Hinteregger into that uh mistake but i mean that'd be a little bit uh, generous to give that to him but uh you know i guess sort of one of those youthful sort of uh characters characteristics of him is you know just the willingness to just keep running yeah. you know it, i feel like for most strikers you would see that and it's like oh well this goalkeeper has it out we'll track that down and for hop i mean You know, one way or another, he's going to chase down the ball, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and it paid off for him that time.
0: It it certainly did. Uh, Here's here's a proposed back four. Imagine that at the start of the season, thinking that is the uh, (laughs) back four that Schalke would be considering at this point in January. I certainly wouldn't have uh, have predicted that at all. Um, But Schalke really got back into this one, and and we weren't we weren't producing the chances. We weren't actually nothing we were doing was resulting in a lot of shots. But I thought for much of the next like 30 minutes of this match at least up until uh frankfurt ultimately scored again um kind of in it i mean it was back and forth they were they were getting more shots in but we weren't we weren't getting overrun to the extent that we were uh early on in this match but then uh the tide is shifted by the introduction of one luka Jovic, who is back at frankfurt when this guy announced i said on twitter can we wait until after sunday for this man to make this move but that was not to be and unfortunately we contributed to quite a poetic uh return uh in the 72nd minute i believe it's a counter-attack uh wide you know down the left hand side uh ultimately luka Jovic just makes a very nonchalant run to the center of the box no one picks him up played right in and a, and a, and a striker of his quality is gonna is gonna finish that every time isn't he ethan
1: yeah, and I feel like it's a little bit unfortunate that uh, Frankfurt got their Jovic deal in before we got uh, Huntelar, who we'll talk about later. Uh, you know, it feels like just they, it was a bit of a cheating there, a bit of a cheating scandal going on. Feels like you know Jovic is a game changer for Frankfurt, and you know we were sort of like you said we were sort of in the game. Frankfurt really weren't creating too many great chances, but I mean once Jovic comes on, you, you only need to give him one chance before he scores.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, 20 minutes later, I think it was actually in stoppage time, uh, despite a couple chances potentially to, to even this thing up and, and find a way to get something out of this match uh, in stoppage time, throwing everything forward. They once again come down the pitch. Lukiyevich, uh kind of does those on Kavak, unfortunately, and really nice finish. Um, I, I'm slightly less critical of Kavak on that one just because I think it's it's a really nice move from Jovic from and a smart finish. But I mean, that's that's the quality play we're dealing with here.
1: Yeah, and, you know, running at the tired legs, you could tell that, you know, it was 2-1 up until that point. So, you know, it it just felt like the defense was sort of half-heartedly still trying to to keep us in the game. And, I mean, once Jovic gets one-on-one, it's sort of, you know, that's game over.
0: Absolutely. So... Unfortunately, uh, the revelry following the end of that winless streak short-lived as we go to Frankfurt and uh, succumb to defeat over there. But the next match, of course, which could be place today, was against Cologne. And despite Cologne being a bogey team for Schalke, kind of a weird bogey team to have, honestly, sort of random. But um, despite, despite that, slightly more optimistic that, that we could um, find form somewhat similar to what we saw in Hoffenheim, and that would be enough to overcome a team like Cologne uh that is also struggling unfortunately that was not to be either uh <laughs> 2-1 defeat to cologne today uh let's get into the lineups once again on this one uh exact same back four as previously once again serdar and stambouli uh central i mean i think the only thing that would change is like did you see this one more as a 4 3 one as opposed to a 4-4-2 it kind of just changes depending on the phase of the game basically the same lineup wouldn't you say
1: yeah, I think that we would see it more as like a 4-2-3-1 with Oot dropping deeper, but that was more just because we had the ball. You know, we play like the 4-4-2 against the ball, sort of pressing against the back line for, for Oot. But I mean, we had more of the ball this game, so we sort of saw Oot dropping deeper into that role
0: more often. Yeah, and I guess the thing that I find interesting about uh, Christian Gross' um, commitment to this group of players early in the season here is that uh, it's not entirely like the most experienced players that are getting the looks. It's, it's actually a decent mix. And so that, and the, the lack of rotation is like, are these people that are just consistently doing better in training? Um, what's going on here? That, that's, that's kind of like one of the questions I guess I would have um, going forward is, is like, why, you know, why the lack of opportunities for some other people, but um, and actually let's talk about that for a second. Let's get your opinions because uh, on the free Katushu movie real quick, Bozduan Katushu, do you think they should be getting more minutes? If not, why not? And like, are you fine with how things are going in terms of who's getting the starting nods most weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, so for me, like, if you just look at the left side of of our team with Kolasinac and Harit, I think that that feels like, you know, the left side feels fine to me. The way that the way that Sardar sort of links up with those with those two, and then you look at the right hand side in this game, uh, you know, against against Cologne. It's sort of like the right-hand side was sort of, you know, not there. Like Raman Raman's a great wide poacher if you can get him deliveries into the box. But, uh, I mean, Becker doesn't offer much going forward. Stambouli's more, you know, a hybrid center back defensive midfielder. So it felt like, you know, the whole game we were trying to force it down the left side. So, I mean, if we bring in maybe Bojdawan and try to sort of get him off that right side onto his left foot, I mean, I, I don't see how that could be any worse than just completely avoiding one side of the whole pitch.
0: I think that's a good point you make about Benito Rama, but it's also, it's something that's interesting about him too, is we just can't get, anybody it seems like almost who can perform consistently there's certain periods of the season where it's like mark good is really carrying us right now even if the goals aren't always there you know his work rate the way he's involved on the pitch you know he's the guy and then there's times like you know benito raman puts in a really couple good games and you're like is he finally going to get it going and consistently be a threat for us offensively and it's they can't keep it going for more than two to three games apiece. benito raman the last two appearances i don't think he's been particularly good um unfortunately or like as good as he he is at, at, at certain times so um that's a little bit frustrating to me but let, let, let's let's get into this one um what did you make to how we came out of the blocks in the the start of this game ethan
1: yeah i mean you know i felt like cologne was sort of just giving us the ball like i mean the way they came out they sort of you know pulled everyone back and said basically break us down if you can um and i mean unfortunately like we saw later in the first half like we we couldn't basically and they caught us out and uh from one of those uh, dastardly set pieces that we always hate to see
0: yeah, I, I would agree I think uh, there was there was some like ball pressure on our, on our center backs uh, but no like hardcore pressing that you really saw um, at any point point. and yeah as you said very much sitting back uh, letting us come on to them and looking for uh, counterattacking opportunities which uh, is have we con- I think we've conceded like the most goals off of unnecessary giveaways of anybody. This I thought that was a stat that I heard like given over the air or something. And if that's true, I w- it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so I think I think that's a fairly smart approach, uh, for Cologne in general. Although I think at many times in this game, it actually almost undid them because we, we were fairly effective in maintaining that possession and keeping that, that pressure up at periods of time. Um, yeah, really good, uh, first 25 30 minutes or so. Um, and then what I talked about earlier in the match, which is the, the correct goal from this game, is, is yeah, a couple, a couple uh, corner kick set piece opportunities. Um, in the corner, yielding to that pretty poor play. Uh, what is Stambouli doing on the near post, Ethan? For that goal,
1: I mean, he's a logical. I think he's a sort of logical player. You put on the post, so he's a defender. You know, he's not that tall. You don't really want him marking anybody on the corner. But um, I feel like we might need to have some more training on set pieces, maybe in the coming weeks. You know, I mean, I'm not professional, but you know, you'd like to see like us not concede from every other
0: set piece maybe i would agree and i think the other thing is when, when a team is playing as poorly offensively as shock is set pieces are sometimes an opportunity for you to kind of like shit house your way to result you know here and there like if you're really strong on those that can be a strength for you um we haven't been strong on them on the offensive end and we we certainly haven't been strong on them uh from a defensive standpoint uh christian gross is a really experienced manager and you would hope that he'd have some experience coaching that specific aspect of the game up and and that we can see an improvement over that uh, as we progress here into the Rook Runda, but um, no necessarily uh, signs about that so far. Um, Let's take a look at this comment real quick. Oh, that's basically what we were just saying. So there you go. Uh, Agreement from the chat here. Uh, I'm struggling to maintain an eye on the chat and listen to Ethan as we're both talking. Like I said, Richard uh, uh, certainly runs this a little bit better than I do. Uh, Anyway, Uh, As we as we go forward here. So um, one one at halftime. I mean, one no at halftime, I should say. Uh, And then once again, the happening in the second Mm -hmm. half. But I mean, it's really it's it's really kind of a kind of a weird chance that that falls to him, wasn't it?
1: I mean, weird's one way to put it. I would put um, fortuitous. Maybe that's a good word. Uh, I mean, it's one of those goals where if you concede it, you sort of, you know, throw the remote at the TV and you're done with the whole game. You know, but it, when it happens for you, it's you know, of course it was deserved. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, so that's that's two games in a row now where the goal that Matthew Hoppy scores is kind of suspect, but right place, right time, that kind of thing. We'll have to keep an eye on that going forward. Um But, yeah, he he scores again. He now has – I believe the tweet was today. And this actually – was this Rene that tweeted this out? I forget if he's in the chat. Um, But the the, the, the stat that came out today, which is a stat that I'm, of course, going to be a huge fan of, was that uh, young Matthew Hoppe has scored as many goals in seven games as Franco DeSanto scored in 71 for Shalga, which is – I mean, that's what I've been saying all along. There you go. Um, Anyway, uh, second half – sustained pressure for a significant period of time there was there was a period of time where like cologne could not get out of their own half and for some reason we just could not find the uh the breakthrough goal um to really pull away an ISIS thing and, and and probably should have I mean you, you can point to certain moments in the match but on the on the balance of play like the amount of time that we had sustained pressure and couldn't find a way through I mean do you think that we should have gotten the three points out of this one
1: yeah, I mean, just look at the stats. You could probably say that we, we definitely deserved it, but you know, the sort of build-up play is is, you know, in my opinion, down the left-hand side because of obviously the right-hand side we can't use that at all. Don't ask me why. Uh, but you know, down the left-hand side we sort of build it up pretty nicely. The overlap for for Harit and Kolasinac, I actually really like that. But you know, we sort of get to that area around the top of the box, and you know, and everything just kind of breaks down from there. I mean, it, the pitch doesn't help, but I mean, we saw like three or four instances where the ball was just sort of ricocheting around like it was pinball, uh, you know, at the top of Cologne's box, and you know, if you can't control the ball and you know get it out to those wide areas into space, maybe. I mean, other than that, you know, it just we we created some chances, honestly. I you know, th- there was a couple of times I think you said it that uh, can we not get Sardar to to not shoot every time he he gets the ball? Yeah, but uh. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it didn't. No, none of them really felt like they were high percentage chances. But you know, just the accumulation of them, you sort of felt like one of them was going to spring up. That was going to be a great goal. But you know, yeah.
0: never happened. And to clarify what I was trying to say about Serdar, basically, I mean, I'm on here a lot, actually, encouraging people to shoot because I feel like sometimes we're we're just a little bit too like hesitant and dancey around the edge of the box. And and there's not an yeah, that's, that's
1: exactly what I what I mean. Like yeah. yeah. I wish we would just take more shots. Honestly,
0: yeah, I just felt like in this particular game, and sometimes he's just very quick to take a, a really poor opportunity, and sometimes there's an extra pass on that kind of thing. But and I, w- I would certainly agree with you about uh, the overlap on the left hand side of the pitch. Um, part of the yeah, part of the reason why maybe Harit hasn't worked out on the left hand side as many times as we've seen it earlier in his in his time at Schalke is because we haven't had somebody like Collison who can really bomb up the left hand and uh, side of the pitch on the overlap and draw the attention of both uh, the right-back and also some of those ball-sided midfielders, which actually softens up the middle a little bit and allows Hari to drift in and, and get into areas where he can really uh, be dangerous. So that's been promising. Yeah, if we can if we can find something down the right-hand side as well, uh, that would be nice because that left-hand side is going to be pretty predictable to defend and uh, for people. And I think we're probably going to have to open some things up and rely on some other players um, at, at certain points. But uh, we do have something I did want to talk about in the chat here. Substitution. Christian Gross comes with a triple sub. Uh three players all at once. No Bazdowan, no katuchu involved in that, by the way. But uh O Ochka, Uh I I personally did not like this substitution at all. And and the reason for that is I don't find this to be a particularly beneficial substitution from an attacking perspective. And we're at the point of the season where draws don't do us anything anymore. Earlier in the year, where the gap was like a couple points, that may have been slightly different. But the gap, the gap is like multiple wins worth of points at this point. We need to get W's. So I don't care if we lose two one to Cologne, but I want to do it. You know, going absolutely like to the end, trying to score a goal, and not putting on Mascarelle, putting on Lab, putting on some of these guys, and then just totally killing um, our our buildup. Did you see the sub the same way, or, or do you disagree with me on this?
1: I mean, I just feel like. You know, Ochipka, I feel like, has to have a clause in his contract that he needs to be substituted into every game. You know, it it feels like he has to play every game, and now that we have Kolasinac, well, we have to sub on uh, Ochipka. (laughs) And, you know, uh, I feel like Bujalab is sort of maybe not of the quality that we kind of expect from a substitute player in the Bundesliga. Um, I feel like he's sort of, you know, probably of no fault of his own, but he's sort of just been thrown in sort of when you know, Schalke really de- doesn't have the resources to really invest into any substitutes, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I, although, you know, Katuchu and Bostovic, as you say, you know, maybe put those guys on, you know, we've seen a little bit more creativity from them. You know, Katuchu has had a couple of games where he's maybe, you know, had that one chance where he creates it out of nothing. And s- suddenly, you know, I think back to, to the cup against, I think that was Fortuna Dusseldorf uh last season where he scored that great goal on his left foot. You know, you kind of just want one of those goals from these from these kind of games.
0: Unfortunately it was it was not not to come. And then in stoppage time, not for the first time this season when it looks like we're about to get a result. Uh Cologne uh kind of on a counterattack here. Uh Benjamin Stambouli, as he's wont to do, steps out to <laughs> Try to force something on the ball carrier. He 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 disrupts the ball carrier, but he doesn't like win the ball in a way that actually allows Schalke to maintain possession. It goes out. I forget who it who it rolls to. Um, but it it falls right to another Cologne player. Um, and, and then uh, Tielman, who who was carrying the ball previously, runs directly into the space that Stambouli was occupying before he steps out and uh, is able to slot this one home for a absolute gut punch of a winner for Cologne, two one. Um, I mean what Serdar, Mascarell, Kabak, I think, deserve some criticism for their defensive contributions to this goal as well. But uh, what did you make of uh, the manner in which we let this one slip away from us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw some people saying basically that, you know, Mascarell and Kabak got a little bit confused and started marking themselves. So I'd have to watch it back to to make sure. But, you know, that's never good when you have players marking, marking your own teammates. But, uh, you know, it just felt like that that's how the cookie crumbles with, uh, with Schalke this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, not definitely not a goal that's uh, out of the ordinary in terms of how it came about, unfortunately. But there you go. A, uh, a good opportunity for points against a uh, club similarly at the bottom of the table, uh, just absolutely wasted. And now we are officially at the halfway point of this season. Um, I said on the podcast consistently over the, over the first half here that I, I was going to stay positive until kind of the midpoint, and then and then we'll reevaluate. Um, as it stands currently, uh, Ethan, we are sitting in 18th place, tied on points with Mainz, uh, seven points of a possible 51 so far this season, and an eight-point gap um, to not even guaranteed safety, but to the relegation playoff spot, which Cologne uh, currently occupies how are you feeling about things right now? And at this point, what are you expecting from the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the so called safety point is like what thirty points. So I feel like, you know, we're at seven points now. So doubling our point total only gets us to fourteen. So it feels like basically a miracle has to happen in order for for us to get you know outside of the bottom three. Um, you know, some t- something has to has to change, but. I, and, you know, at this point, I don't. I don't know what's going to change.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately kind of starting to feel that way uh, as well. I forget who said this on Twitter earlier. It could be somebody in this chat, actually. But I saw somebody say, "You know, part of the reason we 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 were able to stay up last season is because of how well we started that season prior to the winter pause, where everything fell apart. We're very much going to have to have a similar second half of the season to last year's Hinrunda if we're going to you know, find a way to escape relegation and pull something off. Um, I mean, I, I do believe the talent is there in the squad um, as, as poor of a squad as this is relative to previous seasons for us. Maybe I do think there's enough collective talent there to get it done. Um, but there's just, yeah, there's very little reason to suggest that, you know, tactically, psychologically, whatever um, the fl- uh, switch is going to flip and, and we're going to suddenly start winning games. So yeah, um, yeah, very much up against it now. Uh second half of the season is is about to start. And uh unfortunately, that's the tough part of the schedule for us. Um, you know, we we had some games recently, Bielefeld, Cologne. I mean, we had we had some teams that, that you, you would need to pick up points against. And now Sunday, we're back to the Bayern Munich, uh, you know, Dortmund, Leipzig run of games here. The one the one positive note I would mention, uh Cattucci has scored against Bayern. So if there was, if there was a game to play the man, could be this one. But there is a different striker that we need to talk about, uh, possibly being involved in the Bayern game and also for the rest of the season, and that is because we have witnessed the return of club legend Klaasian Huntlar from Ajax. Uh, when did that first? When did that move first pop onto your radar from like a rumor perspective, Ethan? Uh,
1: I think that was that was towards the beginning of January, where there was sort of you know murmurs that you know some former Schalke players might come back and sort of help out the cause. And I mean, we saw that with Kalazanac, that was the fourth, story I think that officially went through. Um, you know, I, I feel like for Huntalar to come back, you know, obviously he said that basically it was up to him uh, as far as as far as Ajax were concerned, um, and and you know, giving him a free transfer so that Chalka doesn't have to pay any transfer fee. That you know with with the financial state that the club is in, you know, that's a big help for sure. But, um, you know, Huntalar, I feel like if you you use him in the role that he was at Ajax, where, you know, he scored, what, seven goals from 11 appearances in the Eredivisie with only like 360-something minutes, I think, just off the top of my head. Uh, you know, if we can have that sort of production where you sort of just throw him on for the last 20, 30 minutes, you know, sort of get the ball into an area. I mean, I see, I remember a couple of times where, we had the ball flash across the six yard box and, and there was just nobody running there. So I, you feel like, you know, if until who might not have the physicality as a 37 year old to sort of start the match, you know, against tired legs, against tired defenders, just that willing like the knowledge that he's gained over the, over the years of knowing where to be when, you know, I feel like that, that could be the whole difference, honestly.
0: So that's interesting, though, because I, I do feel those there's some people that that are actually expecting him to be in the starting 11, like from the get go. You, you you think he's going to be very much in sort of more of like an Obisovic role where you bring him on like later, later in matches. Is that how you expect him to be used?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, he's 37 uh, and especially against Bayern, you would want more youthful strikers, especially with how Bayern play their like aggressive high line. I don't feel like Huntelaar sort of fits that game, and you know there might be times where you see a team. Where's Robbie Matondo at
0: these days? We need to, you know, go yeah, around,
1: you know, go bar, go yeah. recall him from loan maybe, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, I mean, for Huntelaar, you know, this game against Cologne, I sort I think it was begging for him. You know, it's unfortunate that he, he missed out for injury, but you know, those games where the team's sitting back and you just need somebody to get onto to a ball, you know, I feel like that's that's going to be the role he plays.
0: Yeah, couldn't could not agree more. And uh I mean this is what I'll say about it. Like even if this move isn't like, you know, it, the most impactful from like a sporting perspective, it makes at least as much sense as the Abisević uh, you know, signing and if not much more because of his history with the club and, and and everything that you can say about say about that. So, uh yeah, I I agree with you. I, I hope I hope it's a positive a positive move and I hope that he can actually contribute later in matches. The problem is just that like so many times by the time later in matches arrives the match is already gone right and so like what's the point of really bringing in Hultar to affect things if by the time he, he gets on the pitch the game's kind of already lost so that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out but um certainly speaks to the sense that people like you and I are not crazy for <laughs> supporting this club and 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 caring about it as much as we do because you know former players who are you know arguably in better situations are willing to come back and, and uh, put themselves in the situation voluntarily to try to help the club stay up. And I think that speaks volumes about, about what this means to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there you go. Um, tough road ahead. Don't exactly know uh, how the second half of the season is going to go. Uh, and, and certainly based on the opponents, not optimistic for the next next run of games. But, you know, if we did it against Hoffenheim, Maybe we can grab a result here and there. And if we, if we stack enough of those up at random moments in the second half of the season, we might find a way to tweak it out. We will wait and see, but I think for now I'm going to uh, leave it there. Unless there's anything else that you want to hit before we dip out of here.
1: Um, you know, I, I feel like one thing I need to touch on just as Go I thought it. about this earlier uh, you know, how DeSanto and, and Hoppe were on the same uh, were on the same goal total right now. So you know, maybe we'll see Hoppe uh turn up with a goal against Byron just like DeSanto did. That'd be the dream, wouldn't
0: it? Hey, and, and I will say what I would have said for DeSanto too. I will applaud any goal that man scores anytime. I want him to score. He just wasn't doing it enough. So if, if Hoppe can if Hoppe can score against Byron, uh I will love that. And I'm sure some percentage of the Schalke fan base, wherever they are, will groan at the American continuing this streak. But uh we'll, it, we'll it,
1: never know who exactly.
0: Yeah. Don't know who would be. But um <laughs> Hey, but we, like I said, we'll take the goals wherever we can come, uh, can get them. So uh, we'll leave it there. But, yeah, Ethan, you want to tell the people where they can find you, even though it's there on the screen?
1: Yeah, just follow me on Twitter uh, at TedescoTime. Um, I tweet absolute garbage, but it's funny sometimes, so you probably should follow.
0: There it is. Funny sometimes. You heard it from the man <laughs> himself. I am Jack Magan. You can find me at J M Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on uh, Twitter. Significantly less entertaining than this man. On the old Twitter machine, uh, and of course, subscribe to the US newsletter. All that good stuff. Shalk America on Twitter. Uh, until the next Podcom, stay ready, my friends, and we will see you later. Peace.